This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Welcome, 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 dear listeners to Bold Women on the Move. Wow, wow, we have come to the final episode of I Am Rosemary, This Is My Story. And we left off on uh, the sixth episode last the last time, and it was an heart heartbreaking episode for me, because this was Rosemary finding herself in you know at a wit's end. There was nothing she could do. Ah, luckily for her, well, I'll say luckily she cried out to the only God she knew. You know that 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 was all she knew to do: prayer. And she did it. That was the help she needed. Did the help come? Was Rosemary and her son saved? Because remember, she was pregnant. And she also had a less than two-year-old boy with her on her journey uh, to Europe for the second time. What happened to Rosemary even when she eventually ended up in Europe? I don't want to bore you. Let's let's just sit back and listen. Night, I sat down on the floor and I made that prayer like, God, if you exist, if you really love me and sent your son, please help me. Help me. And with tears in my eyes, I dozed off. Mm. That night, I was not even supposed to sleep because the security, they had noticed me. So, like, I was oh, just moving from, one, yeah, they I was moving from one terminal to the other, from mm. one space to the other. So that, like, I didn't want to, like, doze off. You know what I used to do? I want to sit down with the people waiting for their flights. So it's like, if I'm waiting for my flights. Mm. <laughs> so I dozed off. I woke up about 4 a.m. Honestly, I was pressed that I couldn't even carry my son. I mm. felt it like it was coming already. It was number one and number two. <laughs> number one and number two coming at the same time. I couldn't carry my son. When I opened my eyes, I saw this African couple sitting by my side. Mm. There was a bench close to where I was sitting. As I turned, I saw them. I was like, please, I need to use the bathroom. Can you help me look at my son? See, mm. at that point, like I was not even thinking they would run away with my son you or just son. Son. You were so tired. Mm. There was nothing I could have done. What are you doing at the airport? Where are you coming from? Where are you going to? Sister, I ran to the toilet. When I was mm. done, I came back. My son was still sleeping there on the floor. Mm. And it was only the man that was there. The mm-hmm. lady had gone. So when I came back, I was like, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. So I sat down. The man did not go. He was mm-hmm. looking at me. After about five minutes, he said, excuse me. I said, yes. He said, who are you? Mm. I started shivering. <laughs> I said, someone there to arrest you or something. I didn't, I didn't see him. He asked again the second time. I didn't ask, answer him. The third time. I said, I'm traveling. He said, to where? Mm. When he said, to where? Honestly, the tears just came flowing, pouring down. Mm. He did not say anything. He just said, don't allow people to see you crying. Wipe your mm. tears. Mm. Wipe your tears. He spoke the, the, the local dialect of that place. I did not understand. Mm. He spoke another international language, which I do speak. I responded. He now asked me if I understand English. I said, yes. So we ended up communicating in English. 
So he said, where are you going? Mm. I said, I, I don't know. Okay, how long do you think to stay here? I don't know. Mm. Like He said, I'm confused. He said, don't be afraid. He said, mm. the God, he said, God sent me to you. I said, God mm. sent you to me. He said, yes. <laughs> At that time, he brought out a Muslim bead. Mm. He said, I am a Muslim priest. Mm. He said, at 4 a.m. this morning. No, 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 not 4 a.m. He said, before I left this morning, my fiancé came to see me and she was to travel back out, out of the country. Mm. No, sorry. Same country, but another city mm. far away. She was to use flight. So um, I knew I was to bring her to the airport. To the airport. So usually, like, I just pay for a taxi to bring her. Mm. Like, it's expensive if the taxi has to take me to the airport and I take a taxi back. So usually I book a taxi for her to come to the airport. And that's how we say farewell to each other. Say, but as I was about to say my prayers this morning, Muslims do pray five times a day. Mm. So while he was about to take his prayer, that morning he heard a voice hmm. he heard a voice in the local dialect go to the airport there's this woman you need to help hmm. he ignored the voice he thought he was going crazy hmm. he has roommates and unfortunately the roommates do not speak the local dialects he said it was a flat instead of him continuing the prayers he went open all the doors to make sure there was nobody hiding in the house hmm. so he just pushed it aside like maybe he's hearing voices so hmm. he went back on it mats to continue his prayer he heard the voice a second time go to the airport there's a woman you need to help mm. he sat up for like 30 minutes he couldn't do anything he was scared that was mm. the first time in his life he said he has he, he used to hear people say they hear voices but that that was the first time experience for him it was very strange mm. he said after 30 minutes like the time had already passed for his prayers, but he has never missed his prayer all his life, according to him. Mm. So he, he attempted to do it the third time and he heard again, go to the airport, there's this woman you need to help. So um, he called the fiancé and like, we need to leave for the airport right away. And the fiancé was like, no, we still got time. He said, no, we're going by bus, we're not going by taxi. Mm. So they left by bus, which is cheaper. They got to the airport and he said, for one reason or the other, where they were supposed to sit, everywhere was occupied the only space was close to where i was sitting mm. so when he was asked gave me who are you he wanted to know what powers i had for him to for god to come speak to him like who are you like god should get help for you like there must be something strange about you mm. so and all that's a man in his house to yes. hurry up get on the bus and come help you in the airport you know so that, he, is, at that, that point, is awesome at that point he was like where do you want to go right now? Mm. I said, I told him the two options I had. They only say, if I get there, that's when they can help me. So he said, mm. which one would you prefer to go? I said, honestly, my cousin has done so much. I don't know how, if she'll be able to help. But that other man, let me go there. Now, this is a man I have never seen <laughs> or spoken to prior to before that day. Now, he said, I just lost this Muslim man said i just lost my job mm. and last cash with me i actually gave my girlfriend and i don't have much with me but this is what we are going to do i'm going to take you into the city i'll help you get a bread and breakfast out of the money you have take this money we'll pay for a bread and breakfast you go and refresh sleep first on a proper bed 
Mm. Take a nice shower. Here is my number. When you wake up, call me. But I'll follow you to the bread and breakfast. We'll pay for the bread and breakfast and everything. And the mm. rest money, you give it to me. I'll go beg my friends. We'll rally around and... Anybody that can contribute, then will get you a ticket so that you can proceed on your journey. Mm. Honestly, I was scared. Are you going to run away with my money? He said, with that voice he heard, that he's not bold enough to run away with my money. <laughs> if I've never trusted anybody, I should trust him. Wow. He won't run away with my money. So he took me to town. I got, see, the cheapest bread and breakfast I got was about $80. Mm. So um, I got to the bread and breakfast. I ate my first hot meal and I slept. Do you know, I slept from that day. I and my son, mm. we slept till about 3 a.m. Wow. Like, both of really, us really, really tired. And... We didn't wake up. <laughs> like I in see. between the mm. we slept till 3 a.m it was actually my son that woke up crying was hungry so i got him some something to eat and like before we got to the bread and breakfast we we went we bought some bread and some stuff that we could just speak and eat yeah so um i couldn't call him obviously at that time i called him in the morning he was like yeah that's fine meet me at the airport at this time in the evening i got some guys they took the money from me they said they're gonna get you a ticket and meet me at the airport you're gonna travel this evening i was so excited i took my stuff i got to the airport indeed he was there now he only gave me the ticket he made sure uh i got to the counter and he was like, I have an interview. I've not been working for months. I have an interview. Sorry, I have to go. So he left. Mm-hmm. When I got to check in, like I done the boarding pass and everything. I was about to board the plane. And they were like, miss, who bought your ticket for you? Honestly, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And called the name of the man. And he said, sorry, the credit card used to using buying this card does not tally with the name you are claiming to have bought this card for you. And I said, you cannot travel. Oh, no. Money gone. My sister. I broke down there. I cried at the boarding. Credit card that you used to buy the tickets? Be not tally with my name and with the name of the man. Were you supposed and with the name of the man? Yes. That's the Muslim man that I know. Yes. He's the only one I know. But obviously somebody else bought the bought the the card, bought the tickets. The tickets. So they wanted the name of the person. I don't know for one reason or the other. I don't know the name. name of the person because oh, it was I a did. third party. Yeah. So could you not call the man to find out? Yes, yeah. I had to come. You know, I was about to step into the plane when this happened. I had to come back again outside. I had. Like, I, I can't remember if I even had any money again. I don't think so. Because, yeah, I don't, I didn't have any money. Because I had a few, like, dollars with me. But I had to buy some paracetamol for my son. as so it was running temperature. I had to buy... I think vitamin C for myself. I can't remember. Like I was just left with nothing. So I couldn't even make a call. So it was there. I begged one of the ladies at the counter to use the phone there to call somebody. So I called the man. I was like, this is what has happened. He was like, this is not ordinary. <laughs> Why you, only you? They told you to present the, the, the credit card used and buying the ticket. Like, usually they don't ask such questions. I'm Why did they ask you? He said, this is not ordinary. He said, you cannot sleep at the airport tonight see i will come and meet you but before i come and meet you i will go into the city i will go and look said where i am staying you cannot stay there because we are all guys mm. i will go and i'll go into the city go and ask old friends maybe i will get a lady 
that can accommodate you for the noise. I might take time, but don't worry. I will come and look for you. He said, what terminal are you? I told him. He said, just sit there. I will come and look for you. One hour. Was that ticket wasted? Or if you could wasted. produce the name of the person, would they still allow you to go maybe like the next day? Wasted. Oh. Anyway, I was there. I was there. One hour, two hours, three hours, four hours. I was losing hope. He's not coming again. At that point, he showed up. He showed up with the lady. Mm. And the lady looked at me. She started crying. Like, you mean you have been in this airport? She faced the man. Why did you call me in the first place? He said, I didn't know anybody could help. And you know, I'm a man. I can't accommodate her. Like, where was she? She would not be comfortable. Anyways, like, she took me. She said, don't even think about traveling. For the next 48 hours. She mm. said, she, she was married to a white. She said, I'm going to explain to my husband. I don't mind if he's going to kick me out of the house. But you are not sleeping here at the airport. She took me to her house. She introduced me to the husband. Told the husband the story. The husband just was just looking at me like, you're pregnant with a child. And going through this. Where is the father of the child? Yeah. And like, I stayed there for 48 hours. She said she's not going to talk to me about traveling. Just Until eat, sleep. Yeah. So it was the third day. She was like, what is your plan? Mm. Do you want to go back to Africa? Do you want to stay here? Do you want to go to where to meet the man you said, like, family friend introduced to? I said, so what do I do here? Like, am I entitled to medical uh, facilities? She said, no. Mm. Like, people here, they just struggle. Forget the fact that it's Europe, but it's like Africa. You struggle on your own. Nobody, nobody mm. is really like, you just struggle on your own. Mm. So I was like, I'll go. So she, some other people, they contributed money. They bought the ticket for me. It was not a direct ticket. I had to pass through another country again. I don't want to mention countries. Mm. But it took me another four or five days to get to my final destination. Mm. When I got there, the man I was that said he was going to help me, mm. he was indeed waiting. You know, I thought it took four or five days. Yeah, and uh, it has taken more than four or five days. You remember you, you know, had to wait God. for two days? Yeah. No, I mean, when I, when mm. I left that place yeah. to my final destination, it took four or five days. Five days, because yeah. I was Stranded again. Okay. It was not a direct ticket. Mm. There was a reason why I couldn't get a direct. Not that they couldn't afford it, but I was told not to get a direct ticket. I was stranded again. You know, God raised a lady to help me. When I got to the first place, I, I didn't have money to go to a hotel room. Uh, I thought I could just spend the night there in the hotel to continue to in the uh, at the airport there to continue. But unfortunately, the airport was this type like at midnight, everybody must go out. Mm. It was like not really. It was an international one but like they don't allow people like loiter around and stuff so i met this lady she she was she came with the last flight for the day and i asked her like please can you help me she said no english mm. i was like god what do i do i was like i was still speaking in english what language do you speak she just kept like i don't understand i don't understand me i don't understand and she got angry because she was going to miss her boss and she ran outside to catch the bus According to her, she was about to step into the bus and something mm. pushed her back. Mm. And she came back to me. She spoke in another international language and I responded. She said, you are my sister, follow me. Mm. I now, she doesn't speak English. In the other international language, I told her what has happened. This lady was crying. She said, thank God I did not leave you there. I wouldn't have forgiven myself all my life. She, uh, she helped me. Mm. We got to 
Yeah, I was to like take the final transportation to my final destination. The money she took to pay for the fare wasn't enough. As we were there, mm. discouraged. She was like, what you see, you serve God. Let this God show up, at least for one. Mm. As we were talking, two Ethiopian boys behind us said, what is the problem? Mm. She now said, she's trying to go to this place, but we don't have enough money. Are you? She now asked the, the guys, are you also going on the same transport? The guys said, yes, We don't worry, we'll pay for her. Mm. The guys did not have this money. They had to use a credit card to pay for somebody mm. they did not no, they paid for me. They paid for my meal. Mm. When I when we got to the final destination, these guys made sure I got on the final train, paid for the train, made sure the train set off before they headed back to where they were going. And that's how I got to my final destination. Mm. Can I shock you? Mm. When I got to this country, the language was strange. Mm. Apart from any other international language, you know, when I got there. So this man does not know me. Mm. He just like physically looking at me I'm with a little child I am pregnant mm. like I was so stressed out I couldn't talk mm. and let's not forget I was, having, mm. I was having contractions you might you more in total I think you have spent almost three weeks because you About spent that. 12 yeah Almost three weeks. More than that. You already spent 12 days at the airport before not counting <laughs> so um, I told him I want to see a doctor. He just smiled. Mm. He said, "You need to rest first, and we'll give you uh, I, we have paracetamol. We'll give you paracetamol." So the wife is also a foreigner, not an African. Mm. As soon as the wife came, he said he had already called the wife to tell the wife I was coming. So the wife was welcoming. I've you gotta eat. I was in pain. She looked at me. She said, "You're having contractions." I said, "Yes." They spoke in the local dialects. I didn't know what they were saying. But it was later. I was. She was telling the husband, "Take her to the hospital," and the husband was like, "I can't take her to the hospital. She's got no document." Mm. So they gave me paracetamol. The husband prayed for me. He said, "We need a miracle." Mm. Anyway, the pain subsided. The contraction subsided. I slept and. They had kids, so my my son was playing with the kids, and like, so he allowed me to rest for two days. At the end of the second day, something strange happened. Something strange happened. What was that? See, this man, he's been in Europe. He spent his life in Europe. Mm. He doesn't relate with Africans because they've put him in so much trouble. So mm. he attends white church if he had been attending an african church i'll be like oh it's all this prophets that like use all these fake things so the second day while i was seated in the room thinking of the next step and meanwhile i'd already messaged my ex and sent an email to my i called them he he gave me a calling card i called my ex i called my family to tell them where i was so this woman came into the house she's a local she came into the house not an african remember mm. as soon as she saw me she broke down crying mm. she broke down crying and she started prophesying. Honestly, to me, it was fake to me. I said, Please stop all this nonsense. Where I'm from in Africa, they do this. <laughs> 
She was speaking the local dialect. I didn't understand what she was saying. So the man said, no, that this woman, they know her here in this state where um, like God reveals things to her. So I was like, what she's saying? I don't understand what she's saying. The lady, the only English she understood was God bless you. God bless you. Just kept saying, she was just praying, precise, speaking in tongues. Just the only thing I had was God bless you. God bless you. So at the end of the everything, I was like, bros, what she's saying said that the hand of the Lord has been upon you. That you being in this country, don't think it's like a coincidence. God brought mm. you here. His mm. hand has been upon you from the beginning. He never left you at all. He said, God knows what you went through. And mm. he said, I should tell you that in this country, he will make a way for you. Mm. It's not going to be as easy as you think. But that boy in your womb is called salvation. Mm. And that was it. Now, this man did not even know if I was having a boy or girl. So I can't even say it was the man that told him her no she didn't know mm. when the man when they told me that honestly i was shocked you know all this while i thought god was not there god had left me mm. but so at that point the man said i wanted you to rest before i break the news to you mm. in this country getting a document is not automatic it's either you come through work or you come as a student both of them you have not controlled that way as you as you know the only way left is for you to go seek asylum i said what is that he said you have to go to the police and tell them a story of why you can't go back to your country and why they have to give you permission to stay oh mm. my god mm. he said you have to go to the refugee camp mm. Sister, i had never heard before mm. that people can seek asylum i did not have what story do i want to say i don't know mm. i got he dropped me like some distance to the refugee camp when i got there 98 mm. percent of the people did not understand english mm. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. One of the social workers picked me up straight to the police. Mm. Fingerprints, questioning. Like, you know what they said? You have to tell us the truth. If you don't tell us the truth, they pointed to a place that is the cell. We will lock you up there. Why? Why threaten? Why threaten a pregnant woman? At least, <laughs> if you're not going to help her, you don't threaten her. I started crying. Like I didn't know what to say. I, I, like I, I was just crying. Like four hours, I was crying. I said, "Okay, we're taking you back to the camp tomorrow morning, seven o'clock. We're coming to pick you up." I said, "Okay." I got to the camp. Um, they gave gave me spaghetti, salt, bread, butter, and a frying pan. They said, uh, this is what you start your life with. And they gave me a room for I am my son. So while I was going to the kitchen, I now saw this African lady. She was speaking an international la language that I can speak and understand. Mm. So I said, sister. And she turned around. She said, oh, you are my sister. I said, mm. yes. I said, please. What is, how is it done here? She said, have you been to the police? I said, yes. He said, what did you tell them? I said, nothing. I've no, I don't know what to say. She said, no whatever story you have to tell them if your life is not in danger if you do not have any health problem like whatever story is you're going to tell them will not hold water she said uh where is your husband i said he's in africa you said oh you have no chance like <laughs> what do i say he said, i don't know i can't tell you the story to say but i'm just telling you these are the things you cannot say you know what 
I now said, is there a place I can make a call? He said, oh, they are monitoring you. I said, okay, what about send an email? She said, yes. Are you good with computer? I said, yes, I can send an email. And I now sent a message to my ex. I said, this is the situation. If I tell them I have a husband, immediately is deportation. Like when you have a sort of support, mm. you don't need their help. That is just. So I said, but that's not fair. Thing. What if it's the support that you are running from? I, the technical yes. sort of support that you are running from. Like, you know, you know, you know, we will get there. My sister will get there. So I told him, if they ask me, where is your husband? I'll say, I don't know. That is, I said, I said, but I have no choice right now. This is what we're, um, so what do I do? Uh, what's it? He said, I give you my blessings. Go ahead, go and seek asylum and see what you have to see.
You see, you are not God, but I stand before God mm-hmm. if anybody feels alive. The next day, I went to the police. I told them the story and I had to see a, a doctor immediately. The contractions was... When I saw the doctor the same week, they're like, this baby is too small. The baby doesn't look normal. He looks malnourished. At mm-hmm. birth, if yeah. you're going to give... When you give birth, at most, the weight of this kilo, the, the weight of the baby is going to be two kilos. Mm. My own that is the child still alive? After everything, the nurse said, yes, the child is still alive. The heart rate is okay. I said, fine. So my sister, that's how my life as a refugee began. Mm. They did not get back to me. They allowed so me to... So you were living in the shelter? They allowed me to put to bed. Mm. I have had one cesarean before. Mm. Now, the second time I was to put to bed, something happened. Happen. The child that they said at birth, at most the kilo, the, the weight would be two kilos. I went into labor for 12 hours. I was pushing. Mm-hmm. Baby was not coming forth. Then it was an elderly doctor that was like, "Were well, you the scan showed previous scan showed I was going to give birth to a very small baby. So why is it so difficult for her to push a small baby for?" Doctor mm-hmm. said, like he put his hand inside. I was like, "No, what I'm touching right now is too big. She's too small to push out what is in." Huh. They wheeled me to go for a scan. They saw a big baby. Mm. The head was stuck in there. We had to do an immediate caesarean. Both caesareans I had were not elective caesareans. They were emergency. So like at that point where when they, when they, they said let us as soon as they said let us wheel her back and prepare her for cesarean. My sister, my enemy started going. Mm. Enemy started going. My pulse was reducing, heart rate falling. Mm. So it's not even the baby now. They wanted to save me. Mm. See, you know, usually when they want to have a cesarean, they're like waiting for a team of doctors. Everybody takes time, puts on the scrubs. In my case, it was not like that. In both times, it was not like that. <laughs> you see the, the elderly man that was, you people take him for, to, to take her for a scan. Let's see the size of the baby and the situation mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. Like he just resumed. He had not even like put on his full uniform when he jumped into the theater. Mm-hmm. And all the doctors that just resumed, they jumped into the theater like with gloves, like not properly dressed. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The emergency of the situation. Yeah. Imagine, let's save her, not even the baby. And when they brought out the baby, it was almost five kilos. The baby mm. that they said not be up to two was kilos. Almost was almost five kilos. Yeah. Why so, were they not able to dis- detect that? When I say there are some things I cannot explain to, to an ordinary person, I'm being religious. I'm saying stories. When mm. I say I did not feel safe. When I say I sensed death, mm. there are some things I would say that people will not understand. They might not understand. So let's just leave it like this, okay? Mm. That can abroad will be showing two kilos. Well, I'm giving birth to a five kilo baby. Okay, let's say the scan was not working. Let's say they did not have a good technology. Let's just assume. Mm. Let's just assume. So uh, after I gave birth, my decision came. I was denied. I, You know the story I told the police? Oh, we stay in the north part of my country, northern part of my country. There was a tribal war. Yeah, I ran to one side. My husband ran to one side. I don't know where he is. How did you get here? Oh, somebody helped me and blah, blah, blah. These guys are no fools. Mm. <laughs> they are no fools. They've had the stories, different stories. <laughs> they are no fools. So they didn't just want to bother me they waited for me to give birth they gave me a decision you don't you know the thing about that country they don't tell you when you're going to be deported they just come about 3 a.m in the morning all right it's time to go mm. 
pick up whatever you can pick up within 15 minutes. There you go. So when they gave me that, I was broken. Mm. I had had a first cesarean. On the same spot, I had a second one. And they told me before I left hospital, you know. Oh, let's not forget. The man that I came to stay with, his, his wife, Risk, she insisted that she would be there to help me. Mm. And she came. She said, I saw everything. You were opened like an animal. They opened about five inches. They now stretch you to bring out the baby. Like... Mm. They had to drive her out of the room because she, she almost fainted several times. Mm. She said, this is what you went through. I wanted to video you, but they refused. I wanted mm. you to hear what you went through, but they refused. Mm. So when I was leaving the hospital, they gave me a lot of rules. Do not bend down. Do everything standing up. Do not squat. Do not do this. But come on, I went back to the camp. I do not know anybody. Um, every, almost everybody in the camp is depressed because they've gotten decision. Some mm. waiting deportation, some waiting decision. Like depression smelt in the camp. Mm. Who are you calling to help you? My sister. Yeah, yeah, a few people came to help me. Now, sister, do you need help? They, mm. I'm going to the shop. Can I buy something for you? Okay. Yeah, the ones that could understand what I was saying anyway. Mm. So other things like baking my baby, I had to do it myself. Mm. I had to do things myself. I had to cook for myself. I had to cook for my baby. So meanwhile, while I was in the hospital, the social got a family to take my son. Mm. The, your first yeah. son. Mm. Yeah. The truth is that a lot of women lose their children this way. A lot of women lose their children this way. Depression. As soon as you stepped into the camp, you will smell depression. Mm. A lot of women, like, they are actually, like, the fact is that they actually fled. Mm. Now, but because they do not have the right information, like me, mm. they now came and told another story. They were just being kept there awaiting dep uh, deportation. So when they take a child from you because you're depressed, mm. if the doctor can write that you are not psychologically fits to take care of your child. Mm. Your child is gone. Mm. Your child goes to a care. And like, you have to put it in writing, take permission to see your child. When my child was taken while well, I went to give birth, they told me, when you come back, you mm. have to pretend that if you are fine. If you start saying, I am tired, I am there, I cannot cope. Say, your child is gone. And if you don't take them, they will take the newborn from you also. Mm. So with that year, I had to pretend like the African woman. Mm. I was, they said, don't squat. I was squatting. They said, don't do this. I was doing. But the truth is that I didn't get any help. Mm. So even if you want to pretend, you can. One of those days, while I was doing that, my stitches opened my sister, I apparently held my internal organs in my hand. I was rushed back to the hospital. Come again. What did you say happened? The place I had the stitches. And you said the, the cut was 
was long, was about five inches. Yeah, and was stretched. Yeah, but it opened again. Wow, because you were you were not observing the right. You didn't have the required help. You had to do so many things yeah. by yourself. Yeah, I had two. One less than two. No, at that point, it's on two, and the other one was just a few days old when I came back from mm-hmm. the hospital. I get it now. It was mm-hmm. supposed to have been three years, at least an interval of three years before another cesarean. Hmm. Um, when we got to the refugee camp, they gave us a room. I and my son was given a room. I, I didn't share. If I had been pregnant without a like, without my son, I would have shared with another woman. But because I was with a little boy, they gave us a room. They hmm. gave my my son like a baby cot, old yeah, baby cot. So my son was sleeping side by side with me. Hmm. The second night we we got to the refugee camp this happened mm. my son was sleeping close to me and about midnight two o'clock this boy screamed from sleep the baby yes now this type of screaming imagine you're sitting where you are right mm. you're facing the computer if somebody comes from behind you and hits you from behind imagine the the shock the way you will scream right mm. just try to picture something like that that is how my son, at that time, not yet two, he screamed from sleep. Like, I was pregnant. So, like, I immediately jumped out of bed. I carried him. He was, like, shaking, like somebody that's had a nightmare. He was mm. crying. Like, a baby was crying. that is yeah. about just two years old, right? I mean, yeah. two days you know, old. No, no, no. My first son. Oh, your first son. Mm. Okay. My first son. I mean, when we just got to the refugee camp, yeah. Mm. The, the the second night mm. the second night yeah that's what I'm talking about the second night my first son I know he had given birth that time so he he screamed I picked him up trying to pet mm-hmm. him the way he was crying like we have cameras all over and mm. at that time of the night it was silent and you could hear people came out of their rooms somebody called the social worker and he mm. came in. What happened? I said, I don't know. He was sleeping. And I and he screamed. Is that all? He mm. said, Yes. Are you alone in the room? As you can see. Mm. So like they went to check the camera to see if anybody entered my room. Like you understand, like if anybody had done anything. Mm. Obviously, nobody did anything. But sister. As from that moment till years later, my son could not speak again. Mm. So I was going to ask, when did you discover um, there were, I mean, health challenges? You know, I, I don't think, I, I can't call them health challenges. I mean, that he has a form of um, disability. Was it from birth? At what age? What were the signs? Nothing. Nothing advanced. Nothing advanced. Nothing. Up to you, when you came back to Europe, it was fine. It was fine. Apart from the time, like, we didn't get enough food Mm. back then in Africa. Nothing. Mm. He was... Remember, while we were in transit, while we were sleeping at the airport, when Mm. he was hungry, he could still say, eat. Mm. Because it was less than two, so even if it wasn't 
using much like he could, um, words. Yeah, he could say, he could express, tell you, like you, you have an idea of what, what he wanted. But mm. from that point, now I'm not saying he was not talking. I am saying no sound. He could not make any sound. You know, even a dumb person can still make some sound. My son could not make any sound. Mm. He couldn't make a sound. Mm. Mm. Mm.